freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Well, welcome to another episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. Hold on. And I'm Dan Todd. We got a great show today. The theme of our show is Frontlines. Front lines. Well, that could be any number of things, couldn't it? Especially with the landscape, the political landscape out there, huh? Yeah, I figure, what did you drum up, Cheryl? (laughs) You always think I've got something on the back burner, don't you? That's because you do. Okay. Well, well, we we got a great show today. Uh, Cam Edwards, host of NRA News, Cam and Company, and co-author of Heavy Lifting, Grow Up, Get a Job, Raise a Family, and Other Manly advice. I love that. What a title. And that is so non-PC. I can't wait to ask him more that is, about that. That is more than I've read in a whole book. Just the <laughs> title. We have Doug Ritter. He's Knife Rights Org, rewriting knife laws in America to ensure a sharper future. I get that one too, sharper future. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure the guests are going to be on their edge waiting for that one. Mm-hmm. We got our second hour, Chris Tish, co-host and pro- of Proclaiming Liberty on KKNT 960, The Patriot Radio. Our and, old stomping grounds. Yep. And Chuck Holton. He's the host of NRA News series called Frontlines and author of Making Men, Five Steps to Growing Up. Yeah, I just I just caught that you made a funny there about uh, the sharper future and being on the edge of that. Nah, right? Well, Are you no. here all week? I, no, <laughs> I'm only here for two more hours. Okay, all right. All right, well, you were correct. I, I have an explanation for uh, why our theme today is front lines. Um, each one of our guests are on the front lines of something important. Each is on the front lines of declaring and protecting our rights and our freedoms in some way, shape, or form. And it reminds me to ask you out there listening, what are you doing in your lifetime in your daily conversations, within your circle of influence, what are you doing to protect and preserve our freedoms that right now are very much under attack and being used as kind of like a soccer ball getting kicked around, aren't they? Yes, and it's it's really hard because I think about that a lot. And, you know, the only choice we have for for helping us with our deal is Trump, Mm -hmm. okay? And he's... I'm sure Trump has some issues just like all of them have. It's cute how you say that, helping us with our deal. Yes. Well, our, <laughs> our cause, deal is our cause. protecting and defending the, our Second Amendment um, because, and we're going to get into the Ninth Circuit uh, court decision a little bit, but you know, we've been saying for a long time now there is no fence sitting. Now more than ever, there is no fence sitting. Just because you you're sitting on a fence, don't call that a front line. You're well, not you're not on a front line. You're on a fence. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, we we have to support Trump because he's our only chance of victory. And when I talk to people that are not for Trump, but they're definitely not for Hillary, and they're telling me they're not going to vote at all, hmm. and I it's hard for me to 
to fight the right to say, you know, if you don't vote for Trump, you are automatically voting for Hillary. People don't understand that, though, because, you know, that takes like two or three layers of, of thinking it through. And, and we're just we're so distracted and we just we just want our, our information prepackaged, pre-chewed and pre-digested for us. Right. So so how do you help people understand that? Yeah, it'd be awesome to be able to stand on principle and say, I don't I don't like this guy, this particular guy. And so I'm not going to give him my vote. Instead of understanding that the office of the presidency is much, much bigger than one guy, right? And that one guy surrounds himself with teams of people. And one of the people on that team is going to be appointed uh, a, a new U.S. Supreme Court judge. Right. And so who... Which side, again, if you don't want to talk about the person, which side do you want picking our next Supreme Court judge? You know, and you say it's layered, but it's all over the news. Hillary says it on both stations. I want the same kind of gun laws that are in Australia. Yeah. Okay? And that is confiscation. So mm-hmm. what what do you need? To, that's not even in double layer. That's right out front, right out in the open. She's saying... She wants to confiscate our guns. So how could you be a gun owner, a responsible gun owner, or a concerned citizen and vote for somebody that's going to, and they say, well, the president can't do it by herself or himself. Mm-hmm. But wait, if they elect the judges that she's going to elect, mm-hmm. there is the tool to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So I don't like everything that Trump says and what Trump's going to do, but I'm looking at what Trump said. He, the judges he's going to point and the people he's going to have work in his cabinets and those people will keep our right to bear arm going okay so and that's the thing is that you know traditionally speaking it comes down to the person with the d next to their name for democrat and the person with the r next to their name for republican and like i said it's great those people that want to stand on principle and say i want to vote for the person with the i next to their name for independent but do you truly believe that that person has a viable pathway to defeat the person with the D next to their name or, or the one with the R. I but mean, honestly, do you believe that? If you do, I guess you just have to go with God on that. But I, I, don't, I don't think that, that you're thinking it through. I don't think you're understanding how, how it works and that it is too important that we must do anything we can to prevent the person who has promised to do away with our Second Amendment rights. But it's principle, Cheryl. We have to vote. I have to vote because that's what my principles say. I need to vote for Hillary because I don't like her. Trump. Or I'm not going to vote at all because I just I don't like one thing that Trump does. Hmm. Well, and and that, so they're, they're based on principles. But what the, the thing is, okay, you do that, then you think about what's going to happen. Right. Well, you know what? We live in a country where you that's okay to do. Right. But if you if you do that, we may be passing to our children a country where it's not okay to do that. Right. And it's not okay to do a lot of things that we are freely allowed to do now. So conse- uh, voting has consequences. Elections have consequences. And everyone needs to be fully engaged. Get your information. Don't just sit here and listen to Dan and Cheryl and go, well, Dan and Cheryl said I have to x y or z absolutely not you're not getting off that easy do your research check it out 
decide for yourself. So you own the information and then you vote the way that you believe is going to protect and preserve what's important to you and to your family and to your legacy. Right. So Cheryl, let's have some good news. What did you do last week? What did I do? Oh my gosh. No, it was uh, actually earlier this week. Holy cow. Uh, I went to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Never been there before, but the uh, National Shooting Sports Foundation, the NSSF, uh, was holding its annual summit and I was invited to be a speaker. So um, that was awesome. And I got a chance to talk on how to use the media to protect and preserve your rights. And, uh, you know, what I brought it down to is really in this digital age, you know who the media is? You. You are. Right. And I am. And so if we understand how powerful we really are to message, you know, every time we post a picture on Instagram, we're messaging. Every time we put something on Twitter, we're messaging. And Facebook, all that. All of that. And so, um, and I still haven't let Dan get his own personal Facebook page because he just, you know, I, here I, I have a kill switch. So I there's have a little rumors, bit of a <laughs> There's filter, rumors that I'm, I might say something that I shouldn't say, but why would I do that? <laughs> um, history shows, no. Uh, anyway, you, you haven't really dove into the um, the social media world. And, it, and if our listeners are in, of that, you know, uh, generation or of that mindset that they're not spending my time on Facebook... Well, you know what? Someone you know does spend their time on Facebook. Your child, your grandchild, your neighbor, your friend. So then in conversation, you know, talk about the things that are important to you. We get so afraid, like I said about the, the title of, of Cam Edwards' book, uh, Heavy Lifting and you know, Manly Advice. It's not PC anymore to say manly advice. And it's, it's, very, it's a very um, scary topic to bring up our, our Second Amendment rights and being pro uh, gun rights, but if you will inform yourself, then it makes it so much easier because then you're not being confrontational. You're just saying, hey, look, I read here, you know, you're quoting someone else. I read here on such and such. And when you share something on your Facebook page, you know, if, if your Facebook friends don't like it and are disagreeing with it, they're not even disagreeing with you. They're disagreeing with, let's say I wrote the blog. They're disagreeing with me. And you know what? That's good. Because if they're disagreeing, then they're chewing on the information. And if they're chewing on the information, they are engaged. That's what we want. We well, want engagement. Speaking of that, why don't we do a little challenge here, Cheryl? You don't want me to be on the Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook. So why don't we have our listening audience send us a text or send us an email or whatever twitter and say <laughs> he's you want, grasping for you words here dan on the facebook oh no and if i get enough people you have to let me on the facebook you and my daughter both won't let me be on facebook and i really i don't know why uh, <laughs> well if you get on the facebook we might find out really really quickly you just you don't have much of a filter that's all i'm gonna say but you know what i love your idea i do want people to reach out to us on twitter I want them to message us on Facebook, post things on our Facebook page, go and to our contact us on our website, which is Gun Freedom Radio on all of those platforms, Gun Freedom Radio. And what I want you to do is I want you to, with the hashtag GFRDAD, GFRDAD, I want you to post a picture of you and your dad, or if you're a dad, you and your kids doing something together 
you know, shooting related, outdoor related, bowling together, whatever it is. Because you know what next Sunday is, Dan? It's Father's Day. It is Father's Day. Maybe I'll get the Facebook for a Father's Day president. (laughs) I don't know how to wrap that, but you know what? That that might be a neat idea. Um, So please, hashtag GFRDAD on Twitter, on our Facebook page. Just let us know what you do with your dad. What special memories and special moments you share with your dad or your grandpa, your, your uncle who's been like a dad. Um, I, I think that could be an awful lot of fun to, to fill up the page and, and share. So hashtag GFR DAD will stick around because right after this break, we have the Cam Edwards host of Cam and Company coming up right after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And our theme today is front lines. And our first guest can definitely speak about being on the front lines. He hosts a daily show. I host a weekly show and I don't know how on earth he manages to host one every single day on NRA News called Cam and Company discussing every aspect of our Second Amendment rights and he even found time to co-write a book about how to be a man in this coddled nannied America in which we live. Mr. Cam Edwards, welcome to the show. 
Hey, thanks so much, Cheryl. It's good to be on. Oh my gosh, we're excited. I it's like I don't know where to start I, I, because you know we just had this Ninth Circuit thing, and most people are like Ninth what? Who? What does that even mean? And it's so important. Um, and I want to talk about your book because I think that'd be an amazing Father's Day gift. Um, well, thank you. Don't tell Dan, but he might get it. Okay. Shh. <laughs> Did you? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> So, anyway, um, let's let's start with you. Okay, let tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you become such a recognizable voice for the pro gun rights world? Did you grow up with guns and hunting? You know, I really didn't. I uh, I grew up uh, in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, single mom um, whose family you know uh, grew up in the country and grew up around guns, but uh, I didn't really take with her. So it, it really wasn't until I was an adult and I was a, a father and a husband myself that I started thinking about uh, personal safety. I, I uh, became the uh, host of NRA News Cam and Company back in 2004. I was uh, doing morning radio in Oklahoma City uh, when NRA News launched, and they were looking for somebody who um, I, yeah, I, I guess would, would be able to present the news, wasn't a yeller or a screamer. Mm. Uh, and if anybody uh, has listened to the program, I, I'm not a yeller or a screamer. I believe in presenting information. Uh, and having a conversation as opposed to, you know, yelling at folks. And it's been an incredible 12 years. Uh, we've been able to cover you know, everything from the, the sunset of the Clinton gun ban in 2004, which was the year we signed on, uh, through the Heller decision in 2008, McDonald in 2010, uh, right up through, you know, today where we're still covering, like, as you mentioned, the, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, recently deciding that uh, no Californians don't have a Second Amendment right to carry a concealed firearm. So there, there, you know, it, it's been really fascinating to to watch how this uh, issue has evolved and, and uh, the successes I think that we have seen, uh, and I think we've seen more successes than losses uh, since 2004 when I started covering this on a daily basis. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're out of the woods, not by a long shot. Well, Cam, can you tell us if the Ninth Circuit Court is that just cover California? Would you let the audience know what that means to people in other states? Sure. Unfortunately, it does not just cover California. Uh, it covers uh, all of these states that are included in the Ninth Circuit, which uh, are a, a number of uh, states. I, I could not list them all for you right now, but mm-hmm. it's uh, basically the, the west uh, coast uh, of the United States, including Hawaii. Um, the, the Ninth Circuit covers those states. And so this decision covers uh, all of those states. What it does not do, however, is get rid of the concealed carry laws that are already in place. So uh, if you live in a a place that uh, like Arizona or uh, Nevada that have shall issue concealed carry laws, those aren't going away just because the Ninth Circuit said, uh, well, there's no right to carry a concealed firearm under the Second Amendment. This was a challenge to California's uh, may issue laws where they can deny you if you don't have a specific reason. Uh, Self-defense isn't a good enough reason to get a concealed carry license in some of these coastal counties. So that's what was challenged. So Uh, because you also... In California, you can't openly carry a firearm legally, so there's no way for you to carry a firearm legally. Yeah. So when they appeal, excuse me, when they appeal this, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. Is that right? Um, that's what I thought, <laughs> but I talked with the uh, plaintiff's attorney yesterday, uh, a gentleman named Chuck Michelle, who's a, a fantastic attorney. Uh, he's been working with gun owners in California for decades. And apparently in the Ninth Circuit, there's one kind of extra step that rarely gets used because the Ninth Circuit is so big uh, that when it hears cases of what's called en banc, that's a a broader panel of judges, 
In every other district uh, court of appeals around the country, an en banc review means that every judge hears the case. But the Ninth Circuit is so big, so an en banc review in the Ninth Circuit, uh, they basically have a lottery and they pick a, a certain number of judges. So in the Ninth Circuit, before you go to the Supreme Court, you can request, I guess it's like super en banc, and that would bring in, I think, all 45 judges uh, in the Ninth Circuit to rehear this case once again. Mm. Uh, and and that might be the step that the plaintiffs take in this case. They might appeal it right up to the Supreme Court, but you know right now we've got a 4-4 Supreme Court when it comes to the uh, the issue of the right to keep and bear arms. And so there are some tactical considerations, I think, that has to go have to go into uh, the legal strategy going forward. But uh, the plaintiff's attorney, Chuck Michelle, did tell me yesterday that this is not over. The, that That's his words. This is not over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would actually expect to see new litigation filed challenging the ban on the open carry of firearms in California here before long. You know, they say that, you know, we have a right to bear arms, keep and bear arms. So that, to me, means that I can keep them in my house or I can bear them, carry them on me when I'm out. And if there's a state that says you can't carry a gun in the open, then they should automatically allow you to carry them concealed because that's our right. And, you know, there are a lot of judges around the country that feel that way. Uh, The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, which is sort of the midsection of the country, uh, including Illinois, including Chicago, ruled a couple of years ago in a case called Moore versus Madigan uh, exactly that, that uh, the state can regulate the time, the manner, the place of carrying firearms. They can tell you if they want to, no, you can't carry concealed, but what they can't tell you is, no, you can't bear. Mm-hmm. No, you can't bear arms at all. That's an infringement on the Constitution. And unfortunately, in this case, out of the Ninth Circuit, which is called the Peruta case, the uh, the, the court sidestepped that question entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, well, well we're not even going to consider whether or not uh, a, a ban on the open carrying of firearms coupled with uh, the uh, inability to get a concealed carry license in some of these counties for the purposes of self-defense. We're not even going to consider whether that's a violation. Hmm. All we're going to look at is a question that nobody asked, which was, uh, does the Second Amendment protect a, uh, a right to carry a concealed firearm? Nobody had asked that question in this lawsuit. Right, but and that's the one they the answered. Circuit decided that's the one they're going to answer. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, and you know, listening to all the, the, the layers that this has to it, it really is no wonder that the average Joe citizen, especially if he's not deeply invested in his, his Second Amendment rights, they just glaze over, you know? And this is not the time. We do not have the liberty to glaze over because we're going to we're going to look down the road back up the road in a couple of years and I think we're going to be living in a much different country if we don't uh work our way through these details like you just did for us. Absolutely. And and you know, I mean at the most fundamental level right now what's at stake in the court uh really is the future of what the right to keep and bear arms means because in the Heller case which was decided in 2008. That was the case that struck down Washington, D.C.'s handgun ban, uh, as well as their storage laws that required firearms to be kept locked up and unloaded with the ammunition stored separately. And the Supreme Court said, no, that violates the core purpose of the Second Amendment, which is self-defense. Two years later, the court, in a case called McDonald, uh, said this right doesn't just apply to federal districts like the District of Columbia. This is a right that applies to all Americans, no matter where they live, and local governments, state governments, can no more infringe upon that right than the federal government can. And then the court has largely been silent since then. So all of these issues, like you say, about the right to carry, uh, uh, whether or not uh, uh, you know cities can regulate their laws in such a way to prevent the opening up of 
of ranges or gun stores. Uh, all of these questions have left to be fleshed out. And we've got a candidate right now in Hillary Clinton who has told her supporters that the uh, Supreme Court wrongly decided the Heller case. They got it wrong in Hillary Clinton's opinion. Uh, and if she's elected, she'll be in a position where she will be able to appoint uh, certainly at least one and maybe as many as three or four more justices. So we're not talking about, you know, just an impact over the next four years. We're talking about an impact potentially over the next 40. So this decision that the Ninth Court made, they're just kind of saying, well, let's just wait and see what happens. Let's see what our judges are going to, our new judges that come in, right? They don't. In, in a way, um, in a way, they, they didn't. In a way, they, they sort of just, uh, I think this was a really political decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's really hard to find the legal justification or the legal rationale. Uh, there are even some folks who say what the Ninth Circuit should have done, even if they didn't want to say, okay, yes, there's a, uh, the Second Amendment rights of these uh, plaintiffs have been violated. Um, they could have sent this case back down to the trial court level because in these six years, since this uh, case has been going on, the gun laws in California have changed. At the time the case was first filed, uh, you could openly carry an unloaded firearm for self-defense. Now that's been banned by the California legislature. So there were a lot of attorneys who said, you know, e- even if the, the United Circuit didn't want to find uh, for a right to bear arms, they could have uh, sent this case back down. Instead, they issued a really weak decision um, relying in some cases on, on 19th century case law that said, uh, yes, you can ban the, uh, the carrying of concealed firearms. And the Ninth Circuit decision, they cited these cases, but they also never pointed out those same cases uh, said you can ban concealed firearms because people can still openly carry. So they really ignored a lot of the, the, the history of the United States in order to try to reach, I think, a conclusion that they had, uh, that they had coming in. Well, I agree. And, and the reason you know that it's got a political component is because they were asked, A, and then they took this weird turn in Albuquerque, right? Like Bugs right. Bunny always said, and end up answering B that wasn't even on the questionnaire. And that's exactly what politicians do. They answer what they exactly. want to answer. So Yeah, um, I'd encourage folks to, uh, to read the dissenting opinion by Justice Consuelo Callahan. There are several, there are actually three different dissents, but hers is the chief dissent. Uh, and she points this out. She says the majority in this case constructed what she calls an elaborate straw argument uh, in order to knock it down. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the dissent just goes on from there. And it is a fantastic dissent and one that I hope a lot of the justices on the Supreme Court read this week. Me too. All right. Well, Cam, you'll stick around with us through the commercial, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, you listeners stick around, too, because we have much more with Cam Edwards of Cam and Company. But we're going to talk about the book he co-authored called Heavy Lifting, Grow Up, Get a Job, Raise a Family and Other Manly Advice right after this. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, 
military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. You know, our theme today is Frontlines, and we have Cam Edwards. He's the author of Heavy Lifting, Grow Up, Get a Job, Raise a Family, and, and Other Manly Advice. What a great title. But Cam, before we start on the book, you, you, you said something that just seemed really funny to me, that California had a law that you could carry a gun... For defense, but it had to be unloaded. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, that was their open carry law. You could uh, <laughs> you could carry a pistol, uh, but you had to have the the magazine or uh, ammunition again uh, outside. Uh, you could not, in fact, you could not load the firearm uh, unless you were in imminent danger. Oh, that's going to uh, work well, uh, right? Uh, so, so even then, I think you know, uh, again, under the existing California law, when the Peruta case was filed. Um, it was impossible for folks to exercise their right to keep and bear arms. But the trial court judge had said, no, no, this is fine. Uh, if we had banned open carry, the trial court judge actually said, if we didn't allow this, then your Second Amendment rights would be violated. But because you can carry that unloaded firearm with your ammunition stored separately, uh, that satisfies the Second Amendment uh, as far as self-defense goes. So California laws have been screwed up for a long, long time. And unfortunately, it looks like they're probably going to be getting worse this year, not better. Well, that law had to be written by a criminal. It must have been. You know, how can we make things better for us, guys? We'll make a law that you can't carry a gun loaded. Mm-hmm. Well. All right. Well, getting back to the, the, the voice you're hearing uh, is, of course, Cam Edwards, and he is the host of NRA News' Cam and Company, but he also co-authored a book, like Dan said, Heavy Lifting is the name of it. Grow up, get a job, raise a family, and other manly advice. And I'm wondering if some of that manly advice might be, don't live in California. But anyway, uh, <laughs> talk, tell us a little bit about what drove you to um, to to write that book and, and use such a non-PC name, manly advice. Are we allowed to even sure. say that now? Uh, you know, I haven't seen any reports of the book being banned or burned, <laughs> but, but give it time. <laughs> Give it time. Definitely. So my my co-author, Jim Garrity, who uh, is a writer for National Review, 
Uh, we've been friends uh, pretty much since I've lived in uh, the D.C. area, Northern Virginia. I moved uh, back down to Central Virginia in uh, 2012, but we used to get together on a weekly basis and sort of kick around what's going on with the world. Uh, over that period of time, Jim has become a father. I was a dad when we met. We've sort of seen the rise of what I call uh, the snowflakes, uh, the precious snowflakes, those who <laughs> you know, can't handle any criticism. We've got more young men than ever before living at home. Uh, when they should be out on their own. And it it is concerning. As uh, For me personally, I mean, I got married when I was 23. I became a dad right away. My uh, wife's nine years older than I am, and she was a single mom when we met, had uh, two kids. So at the age of 23, all of a sudden, I'm a, a father to an 11-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son. I am, uh, I'm the primary breadwinner. And it was awesome. I mean, honestly, it was the best thing ever for me. If I had continued to just sort of slack my way through my 20s, I don't know what would have happened to me, mm-hmm. but uh, so so we wanted to write a book that was really, you know, we didn't want to pick on the snowflakes. We didn't want this to be the typical, haha, look at these uh, idiots over here. <laughs> we wanted to write a celebration of what is so great about adulthood, I love why that. this is something that, that you know, people who uh, are in their 20s and maybe they're struggling, uh, why this is something that they should aspire to as opposed to trying to extend their adolescence uh, right up until their midlife crisis. Mm. You know, and I I love all of that. And the reason I timed your interview to be today is because I thought that your book would be such a great gift for, you know, expectant dads, new dads, dads that have been around for a while, people that we consider being like dads. You know, I've got a couple of uncles like that because there's it's so needed. You know, men get bashed around so much. No wonder we've got snowflakes out there cowering in their their little safe spaces but um, one of the there's actually three of your um, your uh, par- not paragraphs your chapters that really jumped out at me. One was and it it kind of lends itself to thinking about snowflakes and how delicate they are. It's called the benefits of getting fired. I love that. Well, uh, you know, there's a saying in radio, by the way, that uh, you haven't really worked in radio until you've been fired. Uh, and I guess if that's true, <laughs> that I, I still don't work in radio because luckily. I've never been fired from a radio job, but I think I think all of us adults um, have gone through that experience of getting canned and, and you know, it not necessarily being our fault. Uh, Jim writes about being a uh, part of the, the dot-com bubble and, and the bursting of that bubble, and all of a sudden his job went away. Uh, when I uh, was about 20 years old, I thought what I had was the greatest job in the world. I worked at a video store. There was no responsibilities. It was great. I would have been happy doing that for three or four years, but the owners of the stores, the son needed a job, and all of a sudden I was I was out of a job, and that forced me to uh, break outside of my comfort zone. So, you know, it, it, I mean, look, getting fired is just one of the many challenges that we face as we're going through life, uh, but this is one of the, the problems with snowflakes is that they don't rise to the occasion. They run from it, mm-hmm. right? So they avoid uh, not just responsibility, but they avoid any sort of, uh, a, a confrontational problem in their life that they have to overcome. And you don't grow. You don't learn anything that way. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that in everybody's life, there are going to be challenges. It's how you deal with those challenges and then move ahead that really helps you gain not just experience, but 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 wisdom. Cam, you uh, you might have done something bad here because I'm, I'm getting older in age and, uh, you know, I can't do what Aren't I used we all? to. I <laughs> can't do what I used to be able to do all the time. And so now when I can't do something, Cheryl's just going to call me a snowflake. (laughs) 
No, I would not be that unkind, maybe once in a while. But anyway, let's get back to the topic. All right. So another one of your chapters that that I love and really kind of piggybacks on what we were just talking about is college does not prepare you for the real world. Hmm? Well, I think that's uh, abundantly clear these days, uh, particularly since we've seen the protests from the, the precious snowflakes on so many campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I sort of make the point that that college, to me, high school actually prepares you more for the real world. Because if you think about it, high school is very highly regimented. School begins at, you know, 8.05 every morning. Uh, you're expected to be in your seat. College, you kind of pick your classes. There was a semester that I decided I didn't want to have a, a course that started before 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, there was a, a semester when I decided I'm going to have all of my classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and that way I have five days free to do whatever I wanted. The real the real world doesn't really work like that. Uh, you are expected to be at work at a certain time. You are expected to do your job. Uh, attendance is mandatory, uh, you know. And 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 college, I think, in many ways, is a it's turned into this sort of uh, a four or five or or you know eight or ten year escape. Uh, from the real world if you decide that you want to pursue a, a graduate degree. And in the meantime, the real world keeps marching on. So when you finally do uh, get out of the, the world of academia, uh, all of a sudden you you don't necessarily know uh, what the rules are and you don't know what the expectations are. And I, I think we see that in, in all kinds of stories of the uh, snowflakes that, that, that can't really, don't seem to be able to hack it uh, in the real world. You know, I think a, a I would much rather uh, follow somebody like a, a Mike Rowe, have him be my dean of higher education Wouldn't than, that be awesome? you know, an academic at Harvard. Oh, Mike Rowe's fantastic, and he's got the right idea. There's there's, there's nothing wrong, especially these days, when you see people coming out of college with $100,000 in mm. student loan debt. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong uh, with learning a trade and working with your hands. And, uh, you know, I, I've encouraged my own kids to think, uh, not just about what they want to do in terms of, you know, a college major, but what do you want to do with yourself? What do you want to, what kind of trade do you want to learn uh, so that you can actually have a real skill as opposed to just, you know, uh, book knowledge? It's so true. I mean, Dan, I like to say he's the most successful, uneducated guy I know. Now, that doesn't mean he's not smart. He can mm-hmm. fix anything. I mean, literally anything. And that's why we're in the gun business is because he's fascinated with how things fit together, gears and so forth. And uh, I think that that's really lacking. Um, you know, the, the next generation now, you know, video games do have an application to the larger world. I know they use video games to train uh, people in our armed forces to, to fly drones and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, when the, the, the vacuum cleaner breaks, what do you do? You just throw it out and buy a new one? I think I think that's what's happening. But yet, you know, there's a lot to be said for a guy that can get in there and you just pull out the hairball and then it works again. But anyway, (laughs) what do you put hairballs in the vacuum cleaner for? Uh, Just to see if you can do it. That's all. Okay. So back to your book, Uh, heavy lifting, grow up, get a job, raise a family and other manly advice uh, co-authored by Cam Edwards, our guest. And one of the other uh, chapters I love the title of is Raising a Responsible Rebel. Talk to us about that. Sure. Well, you know, I have a theory that uh, right now uh, conservatives are the counterculture. We're, we're not necessarily the dominant culture in society anymore. So uh, a, a rebel, um, you know, who's ready to challenge the, the, the status quo right now, uh, I think has to be a little bit different than the rebels that we saw in the 1960s, you know, with the, uh, with the rise of the uh, original counterculture movement. 
Um, so a responsible rebel is somebody who, again, they, they know what their obligations are. They're, they're not there to shirk their duties. It's not about uh, tuning in, turning on, and dropping out. It's about uh, being involved and getting the most out of your life. But it's also about being able to stand up when you need to uh, for the right things. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give you a perfect example. We recently talked on uh, Interradio's Cam and Company about a young man uh, in the state of Michigan who was suspended from school for wearing an NRA shirt to school and right and and but he stood up to the school district and uh, it started with him standing up uh to the uh front office staff who said you need to go home or you're going to be suspended he said you know this is my right there's nothing wrong with this shirt uh he followed it up after he was suspended uh and eventually uh the story got a lot of media attention and the school backed down said that they were wrong apologized to the student um that was an act of rebellion on the part of that student Right. But it was it was responsible rebellion. Absolutely. It's not this uh, Occupy type of, uh, you know, situation. He he knew what he what his rights were. He backed him up and he wasn't you know, he didn't cause a riot and start breaking windows and setting fires. And I, I, I like that. I think that we do need more of that. Well, Cam, could you tell yeah. us, you know, you've been in radio quite a while now. What's your best interview you've ever had? Boy, there's no way I can narrow it down to one. Right. I'll be honest with you. But um, you interviewed I've me been, once, so... That was top five. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, good I'll, I'll good save. My, my, I'll tell you about my most recent <laughs> uh, favorite interview. And we actually, it was just on yesterday's show, as a matter of fact. Mm. Um, what I, you know, and honestly, Cheryl, one of the reasons why I like talking to you is because I like talking to people about their own experiences. Yeah. Uh, and I like being able to have a conversation, not necessarily, you know, a, a news interview, but a conversation so that people can learn uh, from other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we did that yesterday on NRA News Cam and Company. We talked with a public defender in the Chicago area, wow. uh, a guy who has been a public defender for more than 15 years, uh, a guy who very much believes in the right to keep and bear arms and the, the need for that uh, in Chicago. And we talked with him about the violent criminals that he's represented, hmm. uh, what uh, what were some of the, the commonalities, uh, you know, and it, it's a fascinating conversation because um, in all of the talk about violent crime and all of the talk about gun laws and all the talk about Chicago, I'd never heard a public defender, uh, uh, you know, talk about what uh, they've learned on the job over the course of a decade. So uh, it was a great conversation, but that's what I really enjoy. I enjoy finding, I don't necessarily like, um, I, I shouldn't say I don't. I like talking to anybody. Sure. But I'm not particularly excited when I am told that I get to talk to a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm told that I get to talk to somebody, or when I find somebody who has an interesting story. Yes. Um, that's when I really get excited. Is is bringing those voices that that people haven't heard from before. Well, that is why everyone tunes in daily to the NRA News's Cam and Company to hear those stories and to hear you, Mr. Cam Edwards. Thank you so much for being our guest today on Gun Freedom Radio. Oh, thanks, y'all. This has been a lot of fun. I hope you have a great weekend, and uh, I'll come back anytime you want me. Oh, I love it. And happy Father's Day next week. Happy Father's Day. Thanks, y'all. All right. Well, stick around, because right after this, we have Knife Rights. We're going to talk about knife rights right after this. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. 
they defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And we are glad you're here with us today. If you've missed any portion of this show or you want to hear any of our our previous shows, just go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, and click the on-demand tab because uh you know this is a conversation we want you to keep up with what we have said previously want to hear what's on your mind just keep the conversation going well we are about to be joined by someone who is on the front lines because our theme today is front lines but the front lines he's on is of knife rights yeah yeah i said knife Writes, Doug Ritter is rewriting knife law in America to ensure a sharper future. Oh, I love that, Doug. Thank uh, you. You know, we're accustomed <laughs> to hearing about people protecting our freedoms to own guns, but I think it would shock most people to realize that we have to protect knife laws. So, welcome to the show, Doug Ritter. My pleasure to be here. You know, it. it the The Second Amendment doesn't say firearms. The right. Second Amendment says arms. It's it's. Huh. Our Second Amendment, too. Knives are arms. Uh, we recently had a, a, a legal article written on the Second Amendment and knives. Um, when the Second Amendment was written, knives were a very important part of a personal arms. So uh, it's the same fight. We like to say uh, we are the second front in the defense of our Second Amendment. Nice. And, you know, we've been doing, a, I think, a pretty darn good job of it in the last few years well you have and you you really have elevated the message and um you know we just had cam edwards of cam and company on and we put him on the spot and said who was your favorite uh who was your favorite guest and you and i both i think looked at each other and got ready to duel like let's yeah. let's duke it out what is he gonna say doug was his favorite or cheryl so <laughs> yeah, cam is great uh the nra is a a great partner 
to knife rights uh, when we're doing legislative work and trying to turn out the troops, like, for example, we are in New York right now where we're trying to get rid of just an absurd interpretation of law in New York City that's resulted in over 70,000 people being prosecuted for carrying common pocket knives like you and I carry every day. Oh, wow. Um, we have legislation going. I'm going to New York next week to for our federal civil rights trial. After five years of effort, we're finally going to trial on the merits. Um, you know, it's it's it's... A little bit easier with knives and guns because we don't get the same visceral reaction. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, uh, we often have, surprisingly, uh, F-rated legislators, NRA F-rated legislators as sponsors for our bills. Uh, New York's a perfect example. Hmm. Um, uh, Texas was an example of that. Uh, we get a lot of bipartisan support by by. Uh, be because we don't get that emotional anti-gun reaction. Uh, well, people are familiar with that tool, right? Because it really comes down to the tool that you're using. And, uh, you know, people that weren't raised around guns and all they see is what happens in movies and video games, it's easier for them to feel like, that's bad. But then the knife, oh, it carves my turkey at Thanksgiving. So, Well, one, one of the interesting things about being of knife rights is introducing a bunch of people who own knives who may not be anti-Second Amendment but aren't necessarily pro-Second Amendment. They're sort of ambivalent. And suddenly the Second Amendment means something to them because that is certainly one of the foundations of knife rights. I mean, knife rights is about essential tools and essential rights, hmm. which is really no different than firearms and that Second Amendment fight. Guns are just tools, and exactly. we have a right to carry them and use them uh, for whatever legitimate reasons. And the, and the same thing happens with, with knives. I mean, we're, we're late to the party. We only started uh, legislating for knives uh, basically six and a half years ago in the States. Uh, but uh, in six and a half years, we've passed 21 pro-knife bills in 15 states and nice. defeated uh, eight anti-knife bills, um, that's a pretty good record for a group of basically three people, myself, my wife Sue, and, and our uh, lobbyist Todd Rathner, um, because in part we're following in the footsteps of the NRA who have given us a really good example of how to attack these issues, and that made... Uh, for example, preemption, knife law preemption, uh, a key ingredient of our legislative agenda uh, because the NRA has already been there with gun rights and gun law preemption. So we're following along with knife law preemption and getting rid of hundreds of local knife laws that are more restrictive than state law at the same time that we are also getting rid of state bans. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've gotten rid of 10 switchblade, dirk dagger, type bands at state level mm -hmm. in the last six and a half mm -hmm. years. So, so you're just kind of, you know, going through your life. You're just being Doug, you know, right. Just living your life. And all of a sudden, boom, you're in the middle of this storm. How did you get to be careful what you wish for? <laughs> careful what you wish for. No, there was a, there was a terrible article in the wall street journal in 2006, uh, top of the B section, uh, all about these evil tactical knives. Ooh. And 
like pretty much anyone rifles, listening right? can imagine. Just take any really, really bad biased article about quote assault rifles mm-hmm. and substitute quote tactical knives, and you have a good idea what this article was like. And mm-hmm. I looked around, and I was pissed, and there was no. <laughs> NRA for knife owners. Mm. And really, that's what Knife Rights is. It's mm-hmm. the NRA for knife owners. Mm-hmm. And don't get Doug pissed, I guess, is the moral <laughs> of that story. <laughs> that's your subheader, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, you know, and I love that story because that shows what one person can do. We we hear so often people kind of shrug and go, well, I'm just one person and one I can't person do anything. can make a difference. We just gave our uh, our 2016 uh, Freedoms Point Award to a gentleman, uh, a law enforcement officer in Wisconsin who got started the effort there to reform their knife laws. And as a result of his willingness to go to his legislature, push legislator and push for a change Mm -hmm. this year we basically erased all the knife laws in wisconsin there are no more illegal knife in wisconsin wow and that was an another example of the difference that one person uh committed to getting a job done and looking around for help from the right place can make people people can do things and they can do a lot more thing than they think they can if they're given half a chance and really are dedicated to yeah. getting it done. Yeah. So Doug, what are, name in New York, what are the laws in New York? I mean, so a construction worker can't have a 6-inch blade knife to uh New York New York City, the the New York City has a number of strange laws. I mean, they have a length limit which is not unusual in urban zones of of 4 inches, which is actually fairly large compared to like Chicago at 2 and a half inches. But they all, it is also the only city in America where you are required to carry your knife completely concealed. So a knife clipped to your pocket is illegal and, in fact, is probable cause for a stop. And then they stop you, and if they can so-called wrist-flick your knife open, which the vast majority of knives can be wrist-flicked open, then you are guilty of carrying an illegal gravity knife, according to New York City's interpretation of their gravity knife law. And that's a potential year in jail. Mm. And there have been over 70,000 people prosecuted for carrying common pocket knives, the most common knives in America, which are one-hand opening pocket knives. And, they, you know, they say there's so many laws, that, I mean, so many people in jail that they want to release from jail, and, and then they make these stupid laws that you can go to jail for carrying Just a knife? Fill them right it, back it, up again. It's yeah. insanity. We, uh, we started our federal lawsuit five years ago. It's already went up to an appeal once on standing and back down. Um, I don't think people realize how expensive and how much time it takes to sue the government. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. You know, you're talking you years and years and years. And um, when we started our lawsuit in New York, there was no possibility of ever having a legislative solution in New York State. And then we started our lawsuit, we start getting attention. And for the last two years, and now the third year, we've had a bill in the session, which passed the Democratic-controlled assembly, but has not been able to get through the Republican-controlled Come Senate. Come on, Republicans, what are we doing? Exactly. If there are any New Yorkers or folks listening that travel to New York, please go to the knifrights.org website, www.knifrights.org. At the top of the website is a phone number to call 
tell Majority Leader Flanagan to call a vote on our bill so that we can fix New York City. Because we'll, we're, we're going to court next week. We'll be in court for another couple of years with appeals and stuff anyway. We can fix it tomorrow. Is there Literally any, tomorrow. Is there any other states that uh, are tough on life laws right now? Um, there are. Uh, we're slowly working our way through them. Um, as I say, 21 bills in, in six and a half years. Um, certainly places like uh, Pennsylvania and Michigan and Ohio are states where we want to fix things. Um, so, Doug, clearly you must be independently wealthy. Right? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> somehow you're you're funding all of this. How how on earth are you funding no, all of this? No, funny you should bring that up at this time funny because we we are right in the middle of our huge annual fundraiser. It's called the Ultimate Steel. One hundred and seventy thousand dollars worth of custom knives, firearms to drool over. Uh, an African safari. I want uh, in. How do I do that? Uh, go to the knifewrights.org website and check out the ultimate steal. Uh, it's a drawing. You make a donation. You get chances to win. Uh, it's an extraordinary. We have a $25,000 knife. We have a $6,000 knife. I mean, these are extraordinary knives. Uh, and firearms to drool over, including like a Ruger precision rifle and a uh, SIG MCX and with silencers, by the way. Yes. <gasps> silencers gasp. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> That's another and, whole topic. And thanks to the silence shop in Houston, you can get that no tax stamp, no transfer fee and a, and a free gun trust. So nice. It's an incredible opportunity and it's to strictly help the second online, amendment. Right. It's Your strictly fundraiser. online. So yep. it's available all across this entire nation. Everyone listening can get into it at www.kniferights.org. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being a part of our show. I really appreciate it. And your lovely wife, Sue, is sitting here too. She's waving. Um, And uh, we're going to check back in with you in a while and see how the fight's going. Super. Happy to come. It's nice to be a radio show in my own hometown. Right. All right. Well, happy Father's Day next weekend. Thank you. All right. Well, stick around. We still have our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report, Dan's Tip of the Week, and two more awesome guests, Chris Tisch, who hosts a radio show here in town. And also we have a, an, a ranger, an army ranger that you're going to want to hear from, Chuck Holton. Stick around. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. 
gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is an old town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com.